This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Green and White, uh, the Argonne Live podcast. This is basically a relegation special. Not to say that we're definitely done, but as we record, Accrington are winning 2-0. And that substantially increases the likelihood that we're going to be relegated. With us this week, we have Sam. Hello. Sam more cheery than I am. <laughs> and Adam. <laughs> Hello. Oh, Adam dear. more cheery again. I try. So with, as it stands, as we record, Accrington are about 10-15 minutes away from a 2-0 victory at Doncaster. That would lift them on to 51 points. And that would mean that even if we beat them on Saturday, we're still very much in it. Because, um, I mean, even if we win, even if we win just one mm. of our next two games and get to the magical 50 points, we'd be... We've got a substantially inferior goal difference. Ours is minus 21, Wickham is minus 12, Wickham on 50, minus 12, Shrewsbury minus 8, Bristol Rovers minus 4. So there's no chance of us overhauling any of those unless they suffer some catastrophic defeat and we thump Accrington. As long as Wimbledon lose tonight, which they are currently losing, then all we need is three points to guarantee being above Wimbledon. Unless Wimbledon won both of their last two games. And were they... They may well do just that. They have to play uh, Bradford and Wickham, hardly the two most difficult games. I mean, if I wanted two games for my final two, I'll take bottom of the table Bradford who are out of sorts and being booed by their home crowd. And I'll take um, Wickham who have just scraped through to safety, or look like they're going to, based on the fact that they had a good first half of the season. That's true, but as long as we won one of our last two games, there's a very fair chance we'd come above South End. They have a fairly difficult last two games. They have Rochdale home, who are on good form. Sorry, they have Rochdale away, who are on, and Rochdale are on good form. And they have Sunderland home on the final day, who may well be going for promotion. Yeah, it's true, but... Well, we'll see what happens on Saturday. But as it stands... As it stands, we're basically looking at a... Um, a three-way... Four-way shootout for two places. Yeah, well, I'll be assuming, assuming Warsaw are done, then. Well... well it will take something quite special for Warsaw to survive. It needs them to win both their games and then, well, Argyle, Southend not to pick up three points. It is very unlikely because... Yeah, I, th- I think they're just about done. Um... Warsaw have Peter, uh, Warsaw not only in dreadful form, they've got, what, two wins in 13 or something? Yeah. Not, yeah, I mean, they're, they're all over it. the place. So uh, really, they've it's two from Pe- two. two from Peterborough four, and Shrewsbury. And Peter, Peterborough Both are going to be difficult to beat. Sorry? 
both sides on quite good form, Peter and Shrewsbury? Uh, Shrewsbury are on okay form, nothing special, but better than Walsall's. So you'd, you'd fancy them if anyone to beat Walsall. Mm. Um, but yeah, Wal- Walsall are probably out of it. Wimbledon have the easiest run in, without a doubt. Mm. I mean, I, I would be surprised if they didn't pick up three points. But as long as they don't pick up six, one win would do it for us. Yeah. Well, if if we beat Scunthorpe on the last day, there'd be zero. Ch- there's no way they can overtake us. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Well, unless no, you're right. Yeah, sorry, you're right. Go on. They, no, they they can't. They physically can't. Yeah, you're correct. You're correct. Um, oh, how did we end up in this? Let, 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 let's go back to our normal stuff. Adam, you've seen the Gillingham game, correct? You've seen yes, both have. games, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yes. What? Okay. When? When? When you? Summarise the weekend. Let, let's get away from the doom and gloom. Why don't you summarise the weekend? Oh, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> it's it's a, it's two games that it's hard for any of us, I think, at this stage of the season to look at and say, oh well, you know, there's something we can take from that one. There's something we can take from that one. If we were looking at these two games in isolation in December, January time, we could say, for example, let's look at the Gillingham game. It wasn't necessarily the worst performance in the world. It wasn't necessarily a game we deserved to be on the back of a 3-1 defeat. Out. We took the lead at half-time, and then two crosses ultimately swung the game. If, if that game happened earlier in the season, we'd be able to look at it and go, OK, disappointing loss, but stuff to build on. Look at Barnsley, you know. If we lost 2-0 to Sunderland at the start of the season, lost 3-0 to Barnsley near the end of the season, if you flip those games over, you probably get very, very different reactions to both of them. I think Sunderland, you know, it may have, well, it was a much better performance than the Barnsley game. But I mean, you get my point is it's that time of season where the performances, as Wall Street usually love to talk about and barely matter anymore. The fact that we've gone down so abjectly in the last couple of games in such a situation that we're in, it's very hard for me to come to the table of this and put any positive light on it at all. Gillingham, you know, it's, it was a a lineup where you'd have liked to have thought we could have the better of the game. And when we took the lead, you'd have liked to have thought we could have seen it out. So that was arguably more disappointing than Barnsley simply playing us off the park, as many of us would have expected to anyway. Not um, quite in that fashion, though. No. I mean, Go like Sam, Sam said to me after the game, Barnsley could have had, what, six, was it, he said? Very easily could have had six. Could have been even more. Oh, absolutely. Could have been even absolutely. more than that, but I think six would have been... Not an unfair reflection on the game. I think in the first half they had at least one very good chance I can think of at 1-0 before 2-0. Second half, we maybe had a bit more of the ball, had a bit more of the midfield play, but still, you know, they they would hit us on the counter and they would have, I think, had two or three very good chances on the counter. They had a number of sort of half chances all throughout the game and they scored three goals. So they absolutely could have won by six. On a, on a good day, they could have won by even more than that. I think you'd say the scoreline completely flattered us, if anything. Yes, oh yes, very much so. Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, let's, 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 before we go any further, Sam, do you think we stay up or do we go down? And what happens? I think we're going down. I Up until the Gillingham game, even kind of after the Gillingham game, I was very much of the view of, look, law of averages were on bad form, well, Adams, if Adams has been good at one thing this season, it's been getting a win when the walls are really closing in and when we're looking like we're just about to be done with, we'll get a win from somewhere. That was my view before the Gillingham game. Having Obviously, the Gillingham game, I haven't actually seen that one in full yet. I have seen the highlights and I've seen obviously the Barnsley game in full. 
Um, the level of performance just took such an enormous nosedive. Giving certain things that have been said uh, in the press and on Twitter, it doesn't doesn't at all sound like a very happy camp. And I, so, so what was your angle that it's not a happy it, family? It, it just seems like well, well, exactly that. Yeah, it just seems like it is so intense. So, so for divided. context, and, for context, Adams gave unnecessarily let's say, curt and almost paranoid responses to, to, to Chris Arrington's question. He, he he basically asked what was the thinking behind the triple substitution, especially Lemiras, but prefaced it with the mention of boos from the fans, to which Adams responded with, nice try, and you're at the game, you can, you know, sort of, you tell me. It, it, it was almost like he thought it was a trap. He, it, it, was basically, like he was... it was basically tantamount to shut up and stop asking me inconvenient questions, wasn't it? It was kind of tantamount to that, if not, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was. It just seemed like overly paranoid. On the Argyle website today, they uh, published different answers. So I'm not sure if he just said that to Arrington potentially because he's not necessarily a fan of Arrington, or maybe because you know someone had a word, or maybe I don't know, he changed his mind. But I mean, that that, that was unnecessarily provoking, let's say. It's just it's, there's no need for it, and when when you're in the situation you're in, you don't need to be annoying more people and burning more bridges. And in the same interview, you said that Ladapo ruled himself out of contention for the game. That's all he said. He said Ladapo ruled himself out. And was it last night? This morning. I thought it was early in the morning. Like, well, Adam said that last night. In this morning, Ladapo went yeah. on Twitter. And okay, just... yeah, well, okay. So Twitter says it's one a.m., but I f- feel like that's the thing where it thinks it's in the United States or whatever. Uh, yeah, basically... it, was. it was about it was about six o'clock. All right, so it's six a.m. in the morning. Right, uh, so this morning, Ladapo tweets something it, like sarcastically ruled himself out. Question: Basically, said I didn't rule myself out. Right? Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Which? So the first is. Sort of nothing unusual. Adams likes to, you know, Adams being snappy in the press isn't uncommon. But the second is more unusual, which is a player openly rebuking what his manager said about him, basically calling him a liar, or at least hinting at it. Anyway, so, yeah, you know, he, they, yeah, I'm, he, I'm not outright saying Ladapa called him a liar. I'm saying that potentially it could be inferred that way. And yes. that's, that, that's, that's, that's the mean that many people have taken from it. And, you know, from, from a player who started until Monday, started every league game since the second day of the season. And been first choice striker in that time, one of Adams's favourites. That's not what you want going into a period where you need at least a win to stay up. No, not at all. It's and, and going back to my answer, I think we're going down. Part I know this is going to see the reactionary. You know, oh, you know, Ladapo put an angry tweet. Therefore, we're definitely going down. But I think it, it just shows that it, that it is that it is a camp that is absolutely falling apart at the worst time. And the second Ladapo tweet, which not a lot of people have really picked up on, is that he said. For the last two games, I hope to be able to do my best for the fans, the players and the club. I think he said he didn't mention the manager, which is, you know, quite an obvious omission, really, when you're talking about the fans, the players, the staff, um, you don't mention the manager. So there is clearly some significant degree of friction between Derek Adams and Freddie Ladapo. And I think the fact that that friction well, no, is don't, happening... Don't, let's, let's, let's not go that far. There's potentially a heated moment between them. Mm, at, yeah, well, at the very least, a heated moment between them. And I think the fact that this is coming at the same time that we've had such a dreadful performance in a game we so badly, you know, didn't necessarily need to get something out of because it was a tough game, but the game where we so needed to put in a better performance than we did. Um, and that the kind of air of dismay coming out of Home Park, I don't think anyone's got any belief anymore 
it's not the fact that I don't think we're good enough to be acting the dogs going for, but it's the fact that we're falling apart at the very worst time. And in answer to the initial question that we've kind of been around the houses for the last 10 minutes, <laughs> for that reason, yes, I do think we're going to go down. All right, Adam? I am pessimistic, but I don't think it's as much of a foregone conclusion as Sam does. And the only reason I think that is because, yes, we're in dire straits, but we're not the only ones. I was thinking as I left the game on Monday, if I, what, how would I feel if I was a Scunthorpe fan, for example, who, again, they needed to see a good performance against a team flying high in the league and they'd lost 4-0 to Charlton. And I think it, a lot of that, I know Accrington winning as we record this is far from ideal, but if it does all come down to us needing a game against, or, or needing a win rather, in the game against Scunthorpe on the last day of the season... It's it's not a foregone conclusion that we could beat them because whilst I agree with Sam, I don't like the noises coming out of the club at the moment. I don't think Scunthorpe are at all in shape either. And it's not as... I'm not going to come here and say I think we're going to avoid relegation because we've, we're good enough to do it. As much as I think this squad is good enough to do it, but that's another point entirely. I think we're, we can avoid relegation because other teams around us have exactly the same problems we do. And with two games to go, a point clear of where, well, a point clear of the relegations and a point ahead of where we need to be, you know, it's, I'm not going to come here and say, you know, we're definitely going to avoid it. We're definitely going to go down. But I think it's possible at this point amongst all the doom and gloom. And as I say, I'm feeling completely pessimistic, but it's possible that we can get ourselves out of this because of the failings of other teams more than anything, which isn't what what we wanted from this season. But, you know, there we are. What percentage are you putting on it, Adam? Um, I let's say it, I'm a very high one sitting on the fence, but we'll go sixty percent. Says we go down. How about that? Yeah, fair enough. I, I I'm a little bit. I'm not completely ruling out that we could have one of these games that comes out of nowhere where we get our act together, and I'm not completely ruling out that either Accrington or Scunthorpe, especially if Accrington are already safe. Either Atkinson or Scunthorpe could just be a bit worse than we are on the day, but I think for the reasons I've said, I think that is less. Sorry, they could be a bit what? Worse than us on the day. Us? Did you say worse than we are? Well, I've. Had, well, what does it matter? It's because. It's oh no! I thought you said. Thing. I thought you said worse for where. But for no, us, worse we're. we are. No, I, <laughs> I, went, I, went a bit, I went a bit Geordie all of a sudden. <laughs> Sorry, of all the small things to pick up. Of all the things that yeah. go on of this. Worse than we are. <laughs> <laughs> worse than we are. Um, no. <laughs> oh, that's, that's going to be another quotable moment, isn't it? Like me doing Doncaster that fan score. noise. Do you... I don't know. Um, Doncaster have scored well. It's 90th yeah, minute. 90th minute. It's not mm. much, but I mean, if they get a second, you never know. Yeah, um, we'll have to re-record it all if they get a second. <laughs> uh, oh dear. Um, well, anyway, I would probably put it more like seventy or seventy-five for, for the reasons I've said. I'm going to take a more analytical look, and when, when you trace back our form, I know we're, we're, we're what are we without a win in six, right? Four four mm. straight losses, preceded by two consecutive draws. Yeah, that sounds about right. No, oh, no, 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 no. Then there was Fleetwood loss before, before that. Yeah. So seven losses, seven without. Uh, Two points victory. from seven games. Yeah. So, when we break that down, um, so one of the first things to note is that three of those games, the three, well, three of those last four games were against good sides: Charlton, Doncaster, Barnsley. Right. Uh, you go even further. You're going to find that Fleetwood four-two-three-one. And um, you got, what was it Barnsley four two three one, Doncaster four two three one? Are we are we surprised that 
4-2-3-1 led to defeat, for example. Yeah, well, it certainly didn't help. Exactly. I mean, I... So what I'm going to do is, what I'm essentially doing is I'm breaking down these defeats and I look at them and think, was this because Argyle are a terrible side? Was this because Argyle set up incorrectly on the day? Was this because of the failings we've seen all season? So I, I put Fleetwood, Doncaster, Barnsley into the same category of wrong formation, right? Yeah. Weak, weak midfield, Fox exposed, lack of possession, Sarsovic in that advanced role, which means that he takes up, he, you know, he takes a bit of space from Kerry and Lemiras. Um, you know, all all those little things, right? And Kerry Lemiras playing wider and less centrally. Then you look at Gillingham. Gillingham, a weight defeat, a game in which we, we hoofed long ball Sladapo all afternoon. Um, oh, off the top of my hand, I can't remember. I think he won like, I think he won about 4 out of 27. Sladapo had a yeah. terrible game. I mean, I know he scored, he is terrible. He, um, I know it's in your articles, Adam, I added the stat. Uh, I did he too. lost. The, I, I think did. he lost the ball seventy percent of the time he had it. That is a stupidly high number. His average is just over fifty. Seven, seven out of ten times he got the ball, he's either tackled or misplaced the pass. Right. So, so when I'm looking at those games, I'm breaking down those defeats and thinking we've got the group which are big performers. So Doncaster, Charlton, Barnsley, good sides, played well. We've got the group of four, two, three, one. So we've got Fleetwood, Doncaster, mm. Barnsley. And then we're looking at the Gillian game again, game where our midfield was was basically nullified in an attacking sense because they um, we're man for man midfield. We had no space. Fox had no space. Sarsvich, Ness, and so forth, and we ended up playing long ball Sladapo. So, so I mean, when you look at then even Charlton when we got the formation right, that could have gone so differently if Kerry had scored or Ladapo had scored that tap in, and then they hadn't just yeah. run down the other end. What I'm going to say is that what I'm trying to argue here is that. The performances weren't necessarily all bad, and those that were bad tended to have a tactical inclination. You know, Adam's got it wrong from a tactical perspective. Apart right? from Gillingham, I guess, that one would be the one where we played probably a pretty good tactics and still played badly. Well, no, we didn't play that. Okay, well, it depends how you're defining play badly. We had nothing on an attack, and that was because our midfield couldn't get possession. We played long balls to the dapper. He provided no platform. In attack, we had nothing. Defensively, as a midfield unit, we were strong. There's a, there's a reason why their goals came from defensive error and two crosses, right? Yeah. And let's face it, that, that, that defensive error probably doesn't happen if we're, you know, if we're chasing the game. That was there was a silly, stupidly rushed clearance by Leather and he had more time than he thought he scuffed it to Canavan and Canavan you know kind of a lazy pass without properly looking intercepted under a bit of pressure let's say as well you know facing his yeah. own goal with three people charging at him you know let's not say take that goal off the table but otherwise we're looking at a cross a fa- you know a fantastic cross with Jones dragged out of position if Jones is in position doesn't follow his man he probably intercepts that cross if Macy's playing, he might come out and punch it. Macy's more inclined to attack those crosses than Leatherin. Leatherin stays on his line. And ultimately, Smith-Brown... To be honest, I'm not even sure if he does do if he's in the right position for that one, because it's easy to chest into your own net. But for the second goal, Smith-Brown completely caught out, totally loses Mark Byrne, and you know scores from the corner. What, what, what I'm getting at is that uh, overall team performance... Not especially bad. Players like Jones and Edwards generally had good games. Threlkeld had a good game. Uh, no, Threlkeld didn't play. Uh, Soy <laughs> had a relatively good, relatively good game. We're, talking, we're looking at basically a couple of small errors leading to goals. That won't always happen. So, what my tactical head is saying is that, yeah, you know, there's a reason 
that we haven't picked up so many points. And it's it's not that we're a bad side. It's that at times things haven't necessarily gone for us. I mean, Christ, if, if Ryan Edwards crashes home that goal to burst 2-0 up, we we probably beat Gillingham. If Sarsovic doesn't screw screw the shot wide on his left foot at 2-1, we possibly take a point. Again, against Blackpool and Bristol Rovers, if we don't have late equalisers, that's that's a vital win. What, what I'm saying is that while Hart is absolutely crushed right now, as he looks back to find that it finished 2-1 to Accrington, oh, and while Hart's God. absolutely crushed right now, the head says there's still a way out of this because we can play our way out of this. Now, we can beat at least one of these two, particularly Scunthorpe, which would be the big one. And hell, if we if we beat Accrington... Scunthorpe failed to win then we're in the driving seat going into the final day dependent on Wimbledon I guess well let, if we win on Saturday and if both Scunthorpe and Wimbledon fail to win then we'd be very nearly safe because then there'd be at least an eight goal swing needed to Scunthorpe if they drew and we won and Wimbledon also failed to win so on the other hand we could be, come, we could be coming out of here after Saturday and thinking we, all we need to do is avoid losing 4-0 so, oh God! Can you imagine that? Scenario. Three nil down. Adams puts everyone behind the ball. Oh, oh. no, 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 no! Don't, don't, we, we, don't. We've been imagining this all day. There was the time I mentioned earlier in the day. I said, imagine if we need to not lose to Scunthorpe to stay up, or one-one going to the last few minutes, we throw everyone behind the ball and concede. Mm. Yeah. But then, if we if if Way we win Scunthorpe, if we win Scunthorpe, <laughs> if we win and Scunthorpe lose on Saturday. Which is admittedly not likely could home the Bradford, but if we win and Scunthorpe lose and Wimbledon fail to win, then we are officially safe at five yep. o'clock on Saturday. But that's not a very likely scenario, all things considered. No, oh, this is no. I think too much. I mean, just to go back to what Nick was saying, I would agree, you know, with a lot of what you said. I just look towards saying, you know, it, I agree that it's very possible that we could win one of these next two games, and a lot of the games we have lost have been tactical deficiencies, if you like. Do we honestly well, think it's likely a, that's been a that, substantial factor? Yeah. Do we honestly think it's likely that in these last two games we're not going to have a tactical deficiency somewhere that Adams is suddenly no. going to pull something out of his hat? And... That's why Hart says no. Yeah. It's. I see Songo starting look. against Accrington, and I see it not going well, as it very often doesn't. Less midfield control, more focus. Uh, you. You never know. I mean that being you know, said, you know, you know, you know, you know what I can see. I can, I can see Jan Songo before the Scunthorpe home game being presented with the Player of the Season award oh. and then making a huge error to give them the win to get, send us down. Actually, I can see Jan Songo scoring the winner to keep us up. Well, I'd absolutely Ooh. love that. And, and any series of events involves us staying up, I'd absolutely love. Oh, this must be honest. it likes it. I mean, so we recorded a podcast last week. It couldn't get out. Um, I think I think Tom was too ill to edit it. But essentially, what I promised was that this would be light and cheery if we won one of the games. <laughs> but rageful. It's be honest. It was meant to be full of rage, but it's just complete depression at this point. Get to, let's go back to. Oh, we had a mid-season review, and Sam, you described it as one potentially one of the most unnecessary relegations in the club's history, if not the most unnecessary, because it's not like we're short of finance. It's not like we're short of good players. Well, what we've done is fail to use them properly all season. I don't know about not short of finance. I would say we probably have one of the lower end budgets of the league, but I agree we're not okay, short yeah, of but let's, let's, Okay, yeah, let's not say that not short of finance in terms of needing to bring players in. We, you know, that the budget was sufficient to have a good squad. Okay, it's yeah, it's, not, it's not like we've been in administration, we've had to sell our best players, sort of thing. Like in January, we didn't sell mm-hmm. Kerry Lamiris, did we? 
didn't lose no, the dapper. okay yeah yeah fair enough fair enough that's, that's what i mean that. yeah we're not we're not in an obviously disadvantageous financial position that puts us like i mean compared to accrington blackpool had a very tough start uh financial they've they've been very tough on the finances last two years yeah that's true that's true i mean when we haven't had administration like we did in um 2010-2011 when would it have equalised oh you're kidding me no I'm not that, that, that changes that, things well, dramatically that it's almost certainly going to the last day What whatever happens we need Wickham to beat well no I say we, we need Wickham to beat Wimbledon we need four points now I think after that because that, if we get if we get four points we, if we get if we get three points then Wimbledon would only need to get four points out of Two quite easy games. Yeah, Scunthorpe too. Uh, Scunthorpe South End too. South End would uh, only need a win, but yeah. Look, I mean, I mean, this is very hard. So we probably need four points now. We've just taken a big step closer to relegation. Yeah, well, we thought the start of the podcast was going to be a depressing time. I mean, God, this this is, the, the only way this could go worse <laughs> is if Wimbledon score a last-minute winner. And it's not over yet. Well, it's the 90th yeah. minute, so... It's not Four over straight yet. draws for Wimbledon. Luton could score now. We all go home a tiny bit happier. If, if Luton like score, there's going to be some major celebrations. I'm just watching my phone at this point. Oh, this... I went. I was so confident going tonight. Oh, who'd have thought Luton will stroll past Wimbledon and Doncaster will probably beat Accrington was the obvious thinking. I mean, I mean, are we just going to end this on silence at this point? This is just... <laughs> This I is mean, just unbelievable. To all our listeners, if you've made it to this point, I salute I mean, you. And, round of applause to you. Yeah. It's, so, I mean, we, uh, we've been talking all that time, the magic 50 points, one win will probably be enough. Now it probably two, won't. Two. Now it probably won't. Now we probably need four points. It just all comes back to, you know, I, I agree with what Sam said about it being completely unnecessary. This team we've got is more than good enough to make us not be going into the last two games going, oh, we might need to reach 51 points. We should have been there weeks ago. It's complete mismanagement. Complete mismanagement has got us where we are. Okay, we'll save that for the post-mortem of the season. Okay, okay let's, let's, let's end on a positive note, because we can go on a nice little tour of League Two, and we Ooh. might, you know... And we, we we might be close to promotion. We don't have to worry about relegation We again. could be yeah. playing AFC Fylde in a league game next season. Or Eastley, or Harrogate. God. Harrogate, Harrogate, however you say it. The listeners need something fun to take away from. They've wallowed in this <laughs> depression with us for about half an hour. I mean, there's. I'm we'll, have we a quick can, look we'll at win the, uh... the league next season on 100 points. We'll go up as champions like we, we failed to do last time. With Paul Hurst as my manager. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll be looking more like a Paul Stark manager. A Paul Stark? <laughs> Paul Watson's what I meant to say. Or poor Sturrock, let's be honest, the way it's going. Oh dear. Um, oh, yeah, we could have the choice of Salford, Solihull, Wrexham, Harrogate, and Eastley. Or or Fylde. Oh, or Fylde, nice yeah, of course. Yeah, we can get to Eastley, that'll be a lovely day. Oh, this is just... This is just... I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of anger. Let's say if slash when we lose to just the focus now has to be we've got to be Accrington. I mean, Accrington yeah. is must win at this point. Because if we lose, well, I mean, oh, are, are we still? Are you know what's going to happen now? What's going to happen now? All four sides we're going to draw with Scunthorpe. Wimbledon going to lose two. Southend going to lose two. That's how it'll end. 
And after all this worrying, 50 points won't be needed. He wishes. Yeah. That'll be the day. I, I, I feel like we're waiting for a positive note to end on and nobody can find one. And I think that's I very think, cool. What I, I, I think whatever happens, this podcast will be saved for posterity as one of the classic all-time episodes. And it's literally been... Uh, <laughs> classic all-time um, episode. The amount of this, size that we've had in this. Nick, I'm, this I, I'm gonna, isn't um, a podcast. This is the last rights of Argyle season, basically. Can it's I come in? With, can I come in with a, with a little bit of a segue that I think you might appreciate, and um, some some of the listeners may appreciate. Please, having having just watched this week's episode of Game of Thrones, there's a load of people sitting around waiting for something terrible to happen. It's on coming, <laughs> and they're all very they're all very miserable at the march of death that's approaching them. Yeah, and they all they, they they're sitting there with very glum faces, and, and they all just want to wait <laughs> want, it, want it over and done with. And I yeah, feel that's very much like what we're feeling now. Another message to the listeners. If you reached it to this point, you've just got that wonderful analogy, and there you go. Just reward. Perfect time to end. This is like end on... Series 8, Episode 2 of Game of Thrones is, is where we are right now. I'm just going to end it with this. If Bradford win, and... Crap, who the other one? Uh, it's right. Whoever if... win, would pl- Bradford and Wickham win, and we win. Yeah, if Bradford and Wickham win, and we win, on Saturday, then we're safe. Imagine that. Yeah. Make Imagine next week's that. a lot more fun. Just think of the yeah. It's not going to be next oh. week's going to be a. Uh, no, let's let's see what next week brings. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We are so sorry about that. <laughs> that wasn't a podcast. That was sad. Just sad. But thank you all so much for listening. And here's hoping that next week is far more cheery. <laughs> it's good night from me and good night from Adam and Sam. Good night. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.